<laughs> You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. fiends to the <laughs> hour you love the most when the ghosts and goblins come it's deliberations of doom that was as the worst vincent price impression of all time but it was doom. recognizably doom. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just uh, woke up yeah. i heard the call i heard the doom it's like the bat signal you saw the doom signal yeah. <laughs> it's just like life sucks busted <laughs> What if Mr. Kool-Aid shouted doom when he busted through the wall? <laughs> then, doom! People would have a very different reaction to him showing up. This, this tastes bad. <laughs> I don't like this anymore. It's like, why are you breaking my house down? I just wanted some Kool-Aid. I'm reasonably sure someone has done a horror take on the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen that. I mean, the first episode of Family Guy had a, not a horror take, but like, Definitely a riff on that word. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone's like, whoa. whoa you just and he just like backs out. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. <It's> so, <laughs> so this week, our topic is, uh, well, it's another one of our streaming episodes where we try and pick some movies that are at least within the last five years have started streaming and are available to stream that you can watch with no real topic other than recent streaming films. And sometimes these shows, we've picked some real amazing stuff that have come out. I would say this one is one where I'm not saying the movies weren't great. I'm saying on the whole, they were not necessarily directed at us. <laughs> oh, man. this Yeah, I feel like this batch was pretty gnarly to get through. Um, but there is kind of a weird theme. We inadvertently picked movies that all have, like, evil women in them. Yeah, uh, or yeah, and, and that often are made by women. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, this yeah. Strong yeah. amount of female film directors in this and That's one. one of the things that I think is really cool about this batch, like, like you said, I mean, they're not all great, but uh, that different filmmakers get a chance to do something with a budget and just to do kind of whatever they feel like, which is why you get a lot of hits or misses. Uh, I'm just wondering if, if the theme isn't because we, you know, it, the state of our climate, it, you know, per, currently, like a lot more women directors, ho- women horror directors are getting attention and, you know, it's okay to be like an evil woman um, nowadays in movies, especially <laughs> especially in horror movies. So I'm wondering if that's just like not a, just a trend that we're well, seeing more of. So many of the films that we're talking about today are deeply metaphorical, for one thing. Like a lot of these are really about the subtext, not the text. Right. Um, and so even though the they're female, diabolical female characters, it's kind of actually talking about something else. And, and it should like, it should be emphasized that it wasn't the plan. Like a lot no, of these were chosen completely pretty different. randomly. Like yeah. reading a quick synopsis, maybe looking at a trailer, be like, "Oh, this sounds interesting." And then, like after we watched a bunch, it's like, "Oh, there's definitely a, a thing, thing going on here." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I didn't want to say anything when y'all were making your picks. I was like. Y'all are all picking the super arty ones because you're like, you're, you're, Nick put together this list of his brief descriptions. And the one thing you've got to remember about horror films and, and review numbers online is that the bulk of reviewers out there, the Rotten Tomato viewers, aren't big horror guys. Right. And they tend to give higher ratings to the super arty, thoughtful, meditative stuff. And if it's like a awesome fucking badass slasher with an evil clown or something, they're like, eh. <laughs> but the horror fans who aren't on Rotten, the horror critics who aren't on Rotten Tomatoes are like, are you kidding me? It's amazing. I'm not going to lie. I, I did that intentionally. Like, I definitely wrote up my little descriptions to, like, guide you guys towards the movies I personally wanted to see. <laughs> it's true. 
he did. He, he admitted that. Well, now me. he's learned yeah. his lesson. <laughs> yeah, <Not fair>. <laughs> but uh, before we get started, of course, that was Nick who uh, you met there, uh, th- who who did indeed who puts in so much work. Everybody does Seriously. their part here, but you know, Except to help us with this huge guide of films we had to go from, actually looked up all of them and wrote out kind of mini synopsis. Uh, Alan, hello. Who, I did not do any of that. <laughs> no, but you often you post all the stuff on the Facebook page, uh, yeah, I do that. and yeah. you organize, do you do all the body counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're the one who often gives me kicks in the ass to get stuff done. <laughs> yeah, oh, I didn't know that. I did yeah. that too. Sweet. Yeah, you do that. Nice. Thanks. And then, cool. of course, uh, Patience. Hi, who did not do shit. I'm like literally <laughs> watching the last movie right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where's your phone? Are you? Right are you seriously? <laughs> yeah, well, I. You are so bad. I'm awful. I, I suck I at this always, job. I always say to her, I'm like, why don't you just start watching them the moment you have them? Why do we have the list? Yeah, and she's like, oh, we'll wait till the last, the last day. <laughs> I'm the worst, though. I'm the opposite, where usually I'm like, first two days after we put out the list, two and a half weeks and, yeah. beforehand, I've watched them all. And I'm like, okay, I'm now ready. now you don't remember them. Yeah, now I don't remember them. <laughs> but now I take, uh, with deliberations, if I do take notes as I'm watching stuff to go like, okay, you want to remember that. Well, yeah, well I call it my murder book. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Murder book. Yeah. That, sure, that's what that just, book is. Yeah, don't oh, say that's that too cool. much okay, in public. Yeah. Sorry. People yeah. are going to get My a little murder weird book. <laughs> One person shot those. No, no, not shot. Oh, yeah, we didn't introduce shot those. The heroes. Oh, Harry McCage. <laughs> the, 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 Bring out the, the gimp. Unsung hero. <laughs> the unsung hero, Deliberations of Doom, who provides us with the joy juice. <laughs> keeps, uh, keeps our fuel going, keeps us rolling through the night. Um, also, uh, speaking of shots, if you haven't done one yet, you should because it's the beginning of our show. And, indeed, I we I feel like we need a, a like a theme there or something. Like, know, da, 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 like, da, da, shot da, da, like a jingle or something. Like his, yeah, jingle. His own little like, jingle. <laughs> shot jingle. It's literally like a reggaeton song. It's called like shots, shot, 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 shot. We could do thirty seconds of that. I think without without infringing on copyrights. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's weird in movies that you can't even have a character like badly sing a song without like like a line from a song without paying copyright. That blows me away. Well, you can now. In fact, it's in the public domain. The people who were claiming they had rights, huh, it turns out they were lying and it was fraud. What? And they're being sued by lots of people. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it turns out it was bullshit. Jesus. Wow, I was like, God damn, dude. I mean, all things considered, good con. Hats off, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have pictured that was a con? Also, how did no, no one ever come up with a better song than Happy Birthday? Like, it's like the worst song ever. It's my favorite Just- song. <laughs> Dude, you he have not heard the Lil Nas X remix. <laughs> 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 it's number one on Pandora right now. <laughs> I, I believe we do have some viewer questions this week. Viewer? Is there a camera? Our listener <laughs> questions. Well, there's a guy that watches us from yeah, the Yeah, just this. She's lived this Oh, it's, it's Dennis McElwain. He comes down every once a month from Ireland and just puts his head through the window. We just see him staring at us all the time. We're not Dennis. letting him in. I can't wait it's to creepy. see him at Fantastic Fest yeah, this year. we love Dennis. And he has the first question. Who says, you see that way, that segue? That was good. My love for classic universal horror makes me disappointed and annoyed anytime a new universal horror comes out. Are there any studios that keep on disappointing you after having a good to great era? Yeah, all of them. (laughs) I I mean, like, that's the thing is horror has very brief periods of being like, like, of of like, wow, everything's coming together and everything's been great. In fact, we're kind of in the golden age of horror right now, I would argue, because for the first time in like ever, like even critics and stuff and mass audiences are taking horror seriously. Um, I almost feel bad for people who really prefer the kind of the Friday the 13th and everything. Cause it's like, yeah, nobody really, still no one's taking that stuff seriously. They like, audience like, yeah, we want like really well thought out, expensively made with celebrities horror. I was like, yes, I'm with you a hundred percent. And the little guys are like, Fuck. This yeah, is exactly but, what I get. It's exactly what happened to me after like five, six years of podcasting. Suddenly every fucking comedian in the world had their own podcast. And I'm like, great. So the little artisanal guy gets fucked. Yeah, but <laughs> and not to divert too far from the question, but with the movies we have this round, staring too far into like, oh, let's take horror serious and be already like, it does 
I it was missing watching these movies like a sense of humor or it's like any type of fun. It's like oh, you know what like and it, it, it could have just been happenstance with the movies we picked, but it, they were very serious and this yeah, is art very, and this is a, yeah. and which I enjoy those when they're well done. And they really, can be. There are films yeah. like that I really like. Yeah, for sure. But, but there's but like, a lot of ones that are just yeah. ponderous. Yeah, yeah. It's, it comes right, back right. to there needs to be a balance. Yeah, full like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Profound, full yeah. profound is yeah. like a lot of. What? Artsy fartsy, I believe, is what the term is. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say they're not profound. I always say, I can see what you're after, and I think you execute it well. It's just not pointed at me. And when you're making a film that is like that, that's deeply met metaphorical and is very slow-paced, you kind of got to be with a hundred percent, like identify with its message, or you're not. Gonna, you're going to have a real hard time penetrating. And a, a lot of the movies didn't even have. A message. I felt like they were just like artsy fartsy. Like let's have a pretty shot. Uh, we'll talk about it. Oh, yeah, we're I mean, going to we'll, talk. We'll get about to it. Yeah, we're way off. Way off. Which but, studios? You know, I, yeah, like I was going to say New Line gave up. I yeah, this one I was going to bring was New Line. They had such a great run of horror. And where have the wine scenes been at? I mean, lately it's just like. Oh wait! Oh yeah! That's oh yeah! Feels like they were making movies like crazy. I suspect there's one last horror movie involving the Weinstein's coming. You know, and I—it's funny because I—I like good old-fashioned, you know, stupid gore horror, as you all know. Um, so I feel like Lionsgate. I mean, they—they've never let me down. I like really all the Saw movies. Just make you happy. Like I like the Saw franchise. It's like the thing I've got with Lionsgate is like I'll watch like a really good Lionsgate movie, but all the trailers before it are just movies from like, why in the world did they even make this? Why would anyone want to watch I mean, this? I'm not saying they're good movies, but I, I, they're... Lionsgate has the strategy of like being the one major studio that's like, yeah, sure, we'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> like horror stuff. Well, I mean, they're, they're like, not like Asylum or anything. No, either. no, no. But I mean, like they'll be like, oh, that's a brand. Sure, we'll take it and do it. And they put out a lot of fucking garbage, but every once in a while they it's, put out a jam. I mean, yeah. it feeds my soul. Yeah. And then I feel like one studio that's gone downhill is IFC. I feel like that they oh, are the just getting worse and worse. The Midnighters, worse. Oh, yeah, the those, midnighters yeah. are just not been good lately. There was a period they were like, at least two out of every five were, wow, this is so great, you gotta see this. Yeah. Which is pretty good for a studio, now but it got tons like, of horror movies. Yeah, and now it's been like four out of five aren't worth yeah, watching. And you know? Outside of the horror, man, they did do some horror, but a studio that I'm hoping never falls off like this is A24 oh, right now. Yeah. I argue you know, they already have. Ooh, I don't know, man. They've done a lot of shit, but with what, what, what has been like a straight up with, bad A24 movie? Uh, have uh, you seen Slice? I, Wait, which I one actually Slice? That's Slice the hard comedy bad. with the pizza delivery? Shut up. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I didn't it's see a, that one. awful. Oh, okay. I, so, I feel but, like but A24 one. is getting better. A24 is getting better. I disagree. They're I mean, this the, this year, don't they have, like, The Farewell already and Highlight? No, they've done... They and, keep putting out good movies, but there was a point where every movie they put out... I'm saying, is this like, like, At least, yeah, at least you... Even that's if you true. went, it's not for me, but damn, still, I can see how it's I'm good. I'm saying, if And one, they put out oh, quite a few last year of, like, oh, this was crap. I, I what feel were y'all like thinking? they're getting better. I think there's a pretty standard quality there. is knocking it out of the park. I surprisingly. Well, they have a better record than anyone with horror right now for my money in terms of, like, consistent output. I mean, yes, they put out some real bummers every once in a while, but they also put out stuff that is trying... I mean, they put out stuff that's really, like, on brand, just trying to, like, get the money, and then they put out stuff that's like, wow, that was really different. I mean, I know you didn't like Ma at all, but I thought it, it was, like, was a kind a of, like, really different new yeah. thing to I didn't try. love Ma, but it was not boring or typical. It yeah. was like, this isn't... It's like, I'm not, like, in love with this thing, but I, liked it I, I appreciated its... its uh, this creativity and dude, the, the film, yeah. you know, I mean, like they're they're always trying something, yeah. different. I'm like, uh, man, so the most disappointing news I may have heard this year: no Happy Death Day three. Oh uh, yeah, they said the Seagull didn't really. Yeah, no, the their parent I did company. Like Happy Death Day. Uh, their parent company said, oh, yeah, happy death day to you. Really performed well, but not as well as we were hoping. Yeah. You don't get a third movie. And they're always like, they're like, we already wrote the script. <laughs> we're ready. Does anyone want to pick up happy Netflix, death day? Netflix, we're, our shutter. We're calling you. Yeah. I mean, those first two movies are, do, they're the back to the future of horror movies. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. The first one, especially. Second one, I was like, 
It's, uh, it was I wasn't pissed about on it. On rewatch, I enjoyed it much better. Okay, cool. I'm going yeah. to check it out. Because it's just, the first one is, is definitely horror with a lot of comedy. Yeah. The second one is definitely comedy with bits of horror. Okay. And that was, I remember us both going like, I came here to see a horror movie and that was not a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, but, it, I mean, that whereas the first one is a Groundhog's Day riff. The second one is a Back to the Future but, yeah, 2 riff. Uh, I... Now, knowing that, going back to it, I was like, okay, this is really clever, and I kind of love that, and I kind of hope the third one found a completely different route yeah. to go. It would be but, interesting to see where they went. Yeah. Uh, so, let's go to our next question here from Matthew Wayne, who should says... We, oh, okay. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, should we save the other question for the next ep? We, 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 have, many, a many, we have a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's burning. Let's get them. Matthew Wayne says, Marvel announced the next Doctor Strange movie will be the first scary film of the franchise. I haven't read any Doctor Strange, but do you know if there's a specific storyline they'll be using or if they're pulling from multiple sources? I don't know the specifics to that, but I can say that uh, my friendship with the guy who wrote the first film, Cargill, uh, I've... I'm reasonably sure, I'm 90% sure he is not involved in the actual writing of the new film now, I, I, but that is not 100%, but I'm 90% sure he is not. But I'm 100% sure of his relationship with the director and the fact that they have been coming up with this idea since before they even finished filming the first one. And Cargill is a horror writer. And, and he's told me a hundred times it's about night- Nightmare. Uh, the oh. the Doctor Strange character Nightmare, which is basically the Marvel Comics version of Morpheus the Sandman, yeah, okay. except he's a dick. Oh, wait. Also, now, a he's Marvel- a dick in DC, too, but he's like a villainous dick. There's also a Marvel character named Morpheus, too. Yeah, true, yeah, true. But, but, uh, but he's a character that basically can send you into the world of dreams, but nightmare. specifically nightmares. And I'm, I, the moment he told me that, I was like, yeah, you and Scott Derrickson, who did Sinister, working together I on that? Sinister I'm like, so I'm super psyched about that. And I've heard multiple reports that Marvel is going to be moving more into experimenting with horror. And I mean, God, they announced Blade as a character. I'm so excited. I mean, that is officially in the, in the lineup. Uh, is anyone surprised that they're going to be moving more into horror elements? I think it's a trend, and I'm excited, obviously, not just because I'm in horror, but Blade is my favorite character ever. Will it it be rated R, though? Uh, No one knows. I don't know. Marvel has said, uh, Faggy said, uh, not at Comic-Con before that, they are not opposed to rated R films, but they're trying to work out with Disney the context in which this would happen. That makes sense. Yeah. So, we've talked about this on other shows a lot. It's like in, in Marvel comic books, they had a, a label Marvel Knights that was sort of like, here's characters you already yeah. know, but dealing with very adult situations. Yeah. And they can and say like, the F word. Why not just call Marvel, <laughs> call that, call it Marvel Knights. No one's going to confuse it with Baywatch. Call it Marvel the F word. <laughs> Marvel the F word. I would, uh, I don't know, so you obviously know more about what's happening with Doctor Strange. I would have really liked to see, uh, Mike Mignola did a Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom short series. Oh, like, really? Three issues. And it's beautiful, it's dark. They team up at one point to fight, like, the bigger, darker forces. I feel like that would be a really I good move. I was not aware of that. Awesome. I would be glad to read that. Yeah, that, that'll probably be Doctor Strange 3. Right. Get it, 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 a lot of people criticize the first film for being hewing a little too so close to the Iron Man origin story and what have you. I actually enjoyed the shit out of it. I'm just like, you guys, the moment something vaguely resembles something else in a series, you're, like, gonna throw it down fucking out with a bathwater. I loved I loved I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree. But the next one, I, I think everyone said, but we love Doctor Strange and everything outside of that. And I'm like, okay, so we all agree we like Doctor Strange. Great. No more origin story. Let's just go for it. And the idea of him getting sucked into horror movie stuff, yeah, I'm in. That's perfect. I mean, it's exactly the realm that in which he works. Speaking is- of that, if you like comics crossing with horror movies, uh, I know there's only the one season they're ever going to put out, but that DC uh, uh, streaming thing. service Swamp Thing... Swamp thing. Wow! In love with this series, they nailed it. It is so good. I, I, with with a Friday the Thirteenth, Jason actor playing Swamp Thing, Dirk Mears. I had to stop myself from watching it so that I could restart it, so that Shotlows could watch it because I needed to share it with somebody. 
So, I mean... It's really good. It's really good. And, I mean, I don't know if it's worth a DC subscription or not. I mean... I suspect... But you also get Doom Patrol out of that deal. Which is amazing. Which Which did get renewed for a second season. And it's amazing. I'm so sad Swamp Thing got canceled. However, I think there... Part of me suspects Swamp Thing getting canceled is just part of the plan to entice people to what is happening. HBO Max is the name of Warner Brothers streaming service. Like, everyone's like, oh, Warner Brothers is going to have their streaming servers. Who gives a shit? And then they call it HBO Max, and everybody's <laughs> like, what's HBO oh, Max? HBO like, it's to the, the max? It's the That's incredible. Warner Brothers sounds HBO. It's it's the, the Warner Brothers it's, streaming service. It's purely service. branding. And they've, they've already announced some stuff is going to, from the DC thing, is going to appear on there instead. Uh, I, I suspect they. they're going to make an announcement right before it, like, Swamp Thing Season Swamp 2 is going to be on it. Because they've been seeing the audience reaction, yeah. which has been hugely positive. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I can go on forever about this. Uh, but one last, because this is a related question. Michael Vanderpool says, who would you hire to direct the new Blade movie? Um, Jordan Peele. I said the Summers Brothers. Well, so, obviously the Summers Brothers, because we, we love them so much. We actually uh, sat, I was at the bar with Russ the other day, and I was ha- hanging out with him, and Rob texts me and goes, uh, did you see the thing about Blade? I have this great idea for the Blade movie. And so we got into this three-way conversation with Russ and me there in person and Rob on texting of going back and forth of coming out with the plot for the new Blade movie for like an hour and a half where we're like, why don't we just write and make this thing? I, mean, <laughs> I, I actually was hanging out with the Summers Brothers the other day myself. And I uh, we did not talk about Blade because it hadn't been announced yet. But we did come up with some ideas for some good, great scripts and... I, I, but I feel like for real though, if we're gonna be serious about it, uh, I think Jordan Peele would be an amazing director for I think a new Blade movie because he knows mistake. horror. Uh, I and, agree. I and, mean, I think yeah, I don't know. See, no, wait, what, let her finish her point. Yeah, yeah, I'm no, so sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, actually, I think that was only my point. <laughs> like he just he knows horror so well. He's doing such a great job going down the you know the dark path. And I feel like I mean, who's gonna know uh, you know an African American character better than an African American director? Now, that's a really good point. But the reason I think Jordan Peele is the wrong move is not because he couldn't do it. It's because I don't want him to do it. Right, like so, like Ryan Johnson did one of the most recent Star Wars movies, and it was garbage. Okay. It was r- not garbage. <laughs> Sorry, not quite <laughs> garbage. It's the second best Star Wars film. Nah, I what? fucking love yep. it. It's, a, it's oh my! God. I think it's only, second or third only best succeeded by Empire Strikes Back. Oof. All right. So first of all, wow, you guys are crazy, just, and I totally disagree with that. We really just went down a <laughs> real rabbit second, hole. Second, right and the more. There goes our first episode. (laughs) If you look at Ryan Johnson's two previous movies, which I think are masterpieces and they're originals and written by himself. I think all of his are. Right. And then then moving to Star Wars and now we've got something that's, at least for me, and and for a lot of people, I mean, I'm not the only person that feels this way, I don't think. Maybe the only person in this room. I don't know. It's not the Star Wars one. It's the weakest of his work. I'd like to see these auteurs, writer-directors... Do their own thing, not within a franchise. I, I, I would not like to see Jordan Peele go down a Blade MCU. Okay. I'm the weirdo. That, I want it to be horrible. I'm the weirdo that says Looper is the weird, weakest Ryan Johnson. Oh, film. I think Brothers Bloom. Uh, I, I have, see most I people would say that, you. but I I'd love. I so love one. musicals, and that's got all that. Oh, musical yeah, I, I say this liking Brothers Bloom quite a bit. Yeah. I just think it's his weakest, but, but Looper, weakest have a strong Looper, Looper had Looper's so many. I really good. enjoyed it, but I still had tons of problems with it. And I was like, I remember afterwards going, God, I wish I liked this more than I it's did. It's a movie that kind of crumbles under some logic. Yeah, I kind of admired it more than. I, I admired it more than I enjoyed it. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I mean, let's face it, Brick is a masterpiece. But, See, I would, I would argue but, that the Star Wars movie is like reason people bucked against it so much because he kind of did make it make it his own and it didn't feel like the Star Wars everyone loved. Yeah, I feel like so, was, like that's where like the clunky and people was well, like, "This isn't Star it Wars." Felt like a Ryan Johnson movie. It felt like a Ryan Johnson movie. <laughs> it was kind of the worst of both worlds. I think like it wasn't quite a Ryan Johnson movie and it wasn't quite a Star Wars movie. See, I'm the total coin flip where like. That's what I love about it the most. It's like it's, it's the both. best of both worlds yeah, to me. Exactly. Uh, but like, but okay, that's like, that's a, of course, like, yeah, I'm the, just a pessimist. Like, too. Wow, yeah. these characters are doing things you don't expect, and yet they completely make sense in the context of the story that we've seen, just not in the context of repeating shit the other movies have done already. I, and and uh, I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> for, and for my pick, oh, wait, who was your pick? 
Who did you say you would want for it? Did you say anyone? Oh, no, said I wouldn't want. Wouldn't want that. Yeah, all mine said I didn't want Jordan. Is not the only my my thing is my director I want for this isn't uh, a black guy African American. He's like totally white, but Gareth Evans. I love Gareth Evans like, so love much. Him. Like the martial arts, the uh, violence. If they make this R. Like, um, it'd be very yeah. fun to watch, like, vampires and Blade, like, with this hard Dude, action, I, I'm gory I action. I am totally talk the raid? The guy yeah, the raid. Because, oh, like, but, but that would be amazing. It was like, what is wrong with you, Marvel, that you didn't get him to do Shang-Chi? Like, I get it. You wanted an Asian-American director. So that's a little more... But still? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. With Blade, I think, like, you could tell that, like, I think he could go in there and tell a story that's... It, I, I'm trying to say this. Like, Blade doesn't have to be super, like, it's important culturally. It's about, like, that's the only hang of, like, I think a black director would get through, like, a, get, a messaging or a thing yeah. of the story. But just for the action, because Marvel, to me, like, as much as I love Marvel, I think their action kind of sucks. I don't agree. Sometimes. Like half the time. Sometimes it's really great. Sometimes I think Winter Soldier is the best action of yes, the entire series. Indeed. And like, Absolutely. and but like, and but the airport fight in Civil War. It's fun. It's splash pagey, but the, the action that's is the best action scene. The action's clunky. The action's clunky. I don't. I don't I'm kind of with Alan here. Yeah, but and I, I and I love this stuff. I love the spectacle of it. But like, just and it might just be the type of action I prefer is like the type in the raid or Winter Soldier. And like, man, just that type of brutal, hardcore, almost horror action that he directs would be you so want, cool yeah, in Blade. so dark. Uh, like, yeah, Blade, totally. uh, oh, man. So, I, I and did, he did the Apostle, which plays with horror. Uh, yeah. So, like, I think he has he has a play. I, I do want to address uh, what you were saying, Nick, about, like, worrying about Jordan Peele being, like, compromised to some degree. And I don't agree with you about Ryan Johnson, but that's a whole different yeah. thing. I don't think any director working with Marvel has felt compromised. Even Edgar Wright, who left, was not fired from Ant-Man, said, ultimately, I completely admire what they're doing. Uh, this is just not the movie I'm going to have fun making and, and chose to. But for fuck's sake, look at the rest of the directors they've worked with yeah. along yeah, the way who made amazing films. Taika Waititi, James Gunn. I mean, like these out of left field, uh, crazy directors who got to do exactly what they wanted. That's to exactly do. the point though. That's the out of left field part. There's only a couple of them that got to go nutty with it and make like, Stuff that they wanted to. It's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's this is ultimately a Disney company, so they're looking to churn right. things out and make sure they make money. And once in a while, they'll take a chance on someone. And I feel like the bulk of their stuff is really safe. And it's, and I imagine, I don't know this, but I imagine it constricts some directors that would probably prefer to do something more. I mean... Yeah, it, it, it's definitely... The directors that do sign on... And you have to do the vision. There is a balancing act. They have to be willing to play with the studio. But and there is like levels to it. And it's the only one who's even mildly said anything negative, which wasn't negative. Just we didn't see eye to eye. Was Edgar Wright? Every other person has yeah. been like, this was a dream experience working with them. And I think it's Faggy because Kathleen Kennedy runs Star Wars. Faggy runs and Marvel. It's a completely different department. You know, and yeah. Disney lets those be separate departments. I would be confident that if Jordan Peele stepped in to do it. He would be happy with the results. I hope so. Um, I mean, I would. But I would my, my vote is Guillermo de Toro. Sorry. Oh, oh shit. nice. I know he did Blade Two already, but Blade Two is fucking fantastic. I the love, best I of the franchise so far. I, well, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm mixed. I'm, I'm half and half. <laughs> Shut up! No, you're not. Blade three? Blade three is the best of the three. Patience. I'm so- no one thinks that. Okay, listen, Ryan Reynolds. Okay, oh, right. you Ryan Reynolds. Freshly Parker is pretty cool. Posey. <laughs> yeah. Whistler comes back. That dog creature. Um, <laughs> or whatever. Oh, come they go. on, Patton Oswalt. You can't honestly mean that. I- I'm sorry. My favorite, I, you yeah. know what? I am not fucking sorry. Blade There's like a full like iPod commercial in that movie where Jessica Bill's listening and Ryan Reynolds says, seriously, she likes to listen to music when she hunts. <laughs> it's like, get the Use fuck out of here. Use it. Yeah. Okay, uh, the Jessica Biel moments are not my favorite. No. But well, first off, she's not a great actress. A yeah. terrible actress. And also an anti But I mean, neither is anyone else in that movie. I can't believe you Blade three over Blade. Okay, listen. Blade 1 is obviously superior, but Blade 3 is kind of my favorite. And Blade 1 and 2 are send obviously all, superior. Send all your hate mail to chriscox at gmail.com. <laughs> Although Blade 1 has the best one-liners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Motherfuckers are crazy. Man, Stephen Dorff and Blade. Oh, yeah, Wesley Snipes. That whole thing is so good. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blade and Deadpool. It's fucking awesome. Uh, but I think Del Toro has never done a Marvel film. And if they went to him and yeah. said, we want your first Marvel film to be Blade, I can't imagine him saying no. Yeah. And saying, gonna, we really want you. It. This is not the same context as what happened before. But we think you're going to like what we're putting in front of you. We think you, you, you're going to have a good time with it. And I could totally see that working. I really would be excited to have that happen. I'd be excited you know, to see that, too. Oh, we should totally go into the movies we came here to talk about. Oh, wait, well, I, I was going to ask, where are we at right now in this episode? We We're at... 28 minutes. Oh, we can talk at least <laughs> okay. about I was thinking, I was wondering, like, should we just like tag this on at the end? Is it stick around for a special question? Our job episode. is always to have three episodes, right? Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, we're gonna have We're to gonna start off with through. and part of the reason is like a lot of these films are harder to talk about at length because they're ambient is the nice way of saying it. And I think nothing uh makes that more clear than our first film, which is 2015's Evolution. No, a French I'll, I thought I thought we were starting with Alleluia. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I get the? Oh, you're right. You're going I'm sorry. I, I picked. I, I I I went wrong. Yes, Alleluia, which was Patience's pick, and I do not have nothing but positive things to say about it. I actually genuinely like this movie I a lot. Actually, didn't hate this movie as much as I hated the rest of them. Hmm? Um, did you when you picked this? Did you have any prior knowledge? No, I just read one of of a Nixopsis. That's and so I was like, that sounds awesome because. Um, in our Nixopsis, uh, he mentions, oh, it's kind of like Natural Born Killers-esque, which is one of my favorite, you know, all-time movies. Not in toward, any way except that it's a man shocked? and woman killing things. Well, I mean, it's, it's based on the Lonely Hearts Killers, correct? Yeah, who were American, uh, even though this is a Belgian film. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah and um, speaking of Nixopsises, do you want to Yeah, I can us? start it off, maybe. All right, so... We've got uh, two main characters. The first one is Michelle, which is a male. And he's a serial sexual predator who seduces women and then takes advantage of them to steal their money. In a con man sort of way, not a serial killer way. Right, yeah, no, no. He's just just a sex... Like, he seduces, convinces them Gets that them to sign something over and exactly, then takes off. And then takes off, exactly. And uh, he comes across Gloria, who is our main, main character. She's a single mother. Her husband left her. And she falls for his shtick and and gives him, like, $900 or something like that. And finds out that he's been doing this this whole time. He sees uh, sees him with another woman and decides that she doesn't mind. That's okay. As long as he stays with her. Yeah, exactly I mean, right. she's really desperate. <laughs> yeah. And do, how does she find him? I kind of like... They like they post... It's like a... Through like a... Uh, Lonely Hearts type thing. Yeah, no, but how does she find him the, the second time? Oh, like after uh, she, I think she, she follows went, him, right? Yeah, she she's, went to like 8,000... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she yeah. was she asking all every, every bar. Oh, okay, okay. She showed a picture of I must have... I must have... Like, it's been a while. It's one of the yeah. ones where she's like... And I remember her finding it. I was like, what's happening here? Okay, never mind. So when she catches him with another woman, uh, she comes out of the car and accuses him of, you know, doing this thing. And then he suffers from a... Uh, Migraine, thank you. <laughs> or whatever. Migraine. Oh yeah, I thought that was completely yeah. fake, fake well, out. No, so Although based on the true story, the true story. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the movie it shows that he really does have these migraines, and she kind of helps care for him. But when he, it's like the moment she's like, "I cut you," whether he's just like, "Ooh, my head!" Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, right. I was like writing that shit down. I was like, "Good <laughs> oh, strategy." Oh, yeah. oh, who is that girl you were talking to? <laughs> oh my head! Terrible migraine. It seemed like very convenient, but yeah, apparently he does suffer from these brutal migraines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. In the well, in the real life, he was hit in the head doing construction, and then they had him hit in the head with a beam or something like yeah. that. And then the real life serial killer, he said that he um, did suffer from migraines, but also after he was hit in the head, that's what turned him into that sexual pervert where he needed... Which shit like that happens with head injuries. I, I, I mean, mean <laughs> he had a... No, it really does. It really does. There's actually a long history of deep 
crazy personality change, changes with people. Scammers. Like, <laughs> they're always like, oh, what a great like excuse. That, that guy, I forget the, the famous story, and you've seen it, Ripley's Believe It or Not, like pictures, the guy who had a whole iron a pole that yeah. went through oh, his head like and survived. Or, yeah, and that guy was like the nicest, sweetest guy in the world, apparently. And then afterwards, he was like, Compl- like people were like, we didn't even recognize this guy. He was yeah, such but, a yeah, that makes sense. You'd be like pretty pissed if a Poland. Okay, head. so the thing. <laughs> what is unrealistic about large parts of your brain are damaged and your personality changes? I guess it makes sense. <laughs> so the thing that really made me angry about this film is is that they the woman Gloria. She's played by uh, L- Lola Duenas, who apparently is a huge Spanish actress. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because yeah, they were they do she's mention that she it, has yeah. a Spanish accent in her French. She's 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 a uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Uh, Pedro Almodovar. She's been in several of his. Uh, films. Ah, oh, yeah. okay. Um, she like the way that she's portrayed. So, so basically, she's so broken and distraught from her, like, husband leaving her, and she's obviously a tad bit psychotic, but she just falls in love with Mikkel so much Someone's finally giving her attention. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, she's desperate, and it's, it's really, I mean, as a, as a woman, I feel like it was just really disturbing to watch this, like, downward spiral that she has because basically what happens is she ends up uh, killing Mikkel's First uh, seductions. Yeah, that's yeah what after, that, after, after they join that? up, they decide to like do this con together. Yeah. yeah. And she can't quite handle it because she's jealous and, and crazy and she strangles. Super codependent. She just like, can't take yeah, it into the thing. And she can't be cool. <laughs> she's like... <laughs> I, I did. And I was like, I saw this movie, and I was like, I'm totally gonna do this. No, 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 not even close. <laughs> but a I, much more stable woman. I did write down that twice in this movie, like two of her victims, one dies while sucking dick, and the other dies while jerking off dick. And I was like, this the moment they get a hold of that peen, she's like, Yep, nope. no, and goes in there and just has to like, it's like. Don't touch this guy's dick, or you're dead meat. And he's like, and he's like, okay, well, this this bitch is crazy, but I guess I love her, even though you you never hear him say that the whole entire movie. And at some point, he starts drugging her so that she won't kill the chick the one, that he's fucking. Which is also true that actually, that happened. Yeah. Actually, actually happened because she's so fucking crazy. But I mean, overall, so, it was it was one of the better movies in this batch. I think. There's a lot of good things about this movie, but and I know it's based on a true story, so it's hard to like question some of the plot points. But one of the things that bothered me about it is we've got a serial sexual predator that's been doing this for a long time that falls in love and then is driven driven farther down this spiral of violence by his crazy new girlfriend, and eventually he's painted as the victim. Right. And that just, I don't, me, I don't even know. True. I don't know if I, I thought about that when I was watching <clears throat> this, and I didn't feel like necessarily they wanted to make him the victim so much as they wanted to make her not, not the victim. See, I feel you like know? she was the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and, she and, definitely I, was. And, and the thing is, I have no problem with that. Like, I think it's totally fine for, and maybe in the true story, that's how it played out. She was like driving force to the violence, where he was like kind of like complicit in the violence. I don't know. Um, but my issue with the movie is it's just fucking repetitive to the point of being so boring. It's like the same shit happens three scenes in a row. Yeah. It's, he, they're fine, they go, she gets pissed, she kills a woman, next one. She's fine, she has a breakdown where she screams for like five minutes of the movie, right. and it's very annoying. Her scream is annoying. And like, and the thing is, that's fine if that's happening, but like, if you had to make, find a more interesting way of telling the story, even if this is what happened over and over again, find a different avenue to be like, she sees it, she gets pissed, she screams, she screams, she screams, he calms her down, he calms her down, next scene. She sees it, gets pissed, screams, 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 calms her down, next scene. Same thing, I was just like, this is driving me fucking insane. I was like, just kill everyone already, get out of there, kill each other, do something in this fucking movie. I was, by the, like, 
And there are individual scenes in here, like the violent scenes, like are directed well, and it's like, ooh, and it really and they're hurts. Kind of brutal, yeah. and it's yeah. brutal as hell. When there's a foot chop scene where she's disposing of a body that is like crunchy. Uh, yeah, I yeah. was Gross. definitely going to talk about that. That was my favorite. My favorite. Of scene. course, it was. That uh, was the, yeah. the that gives uh, ten patients cackles. Out uh, of I was going to say that I I had my evil cackling at two different scenes, and mm-hmm. the first one was um, at one point when she kills the the very first victim. And they're just standing there, and she's butt naked, and she just stands there and stares at the camera, and then all of a sudden she just whips out a hacksaw and starts cutting yeah. up. Oh, that long, where she's chicks. like singing that song or something? Yeah. She's like, da, da, da. Yeah. cutting that <laughs> shit. Like, oh, hi, ho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but my evil cackle really came when she killed, or made him kill the last victim with the axe. Oh, yeah, that was And it just like caught in the arm and just was kind of yeah. Up there and like they're both just looking at each other, like what the fuck? Yeah, is see, those know, scenes that made me laugh my ass. Well, and and as a translation <laughs> to everyone else, that means it was scary and brutal. Yeah, because like, no. that was unsettling in the and extreme. Yeah, patients laugh means scary. And brutal. <laughs> the, I thought that was but hysterical. I, I really liked the way that it went towards the end of that third act, where it's like she's disturbed because he has clearly found a family. Oh, he likes that he the actually woman, genuinely not likes, trying to seduce her. Really. And doesn't yeah. want to kill. And the the way they do the shot where he is choosing, like, where she's like, kill her, kill her! And you see this weapon come down and cut into flesh. And for a second, you have no idea which one of the women it is. And oh, you're yeah. rooting for it to be the girl he's been so with, long. not the girl sure, he's yeah. in love yeah. with, even though he's a piece of shit. Yeah. If anything, you just want her to survive, because fuck. But yeah. this is a really dark story that is surprisingly reasonably close to the I, actual story. Uh, I found this thing really much more interesting than you did, Alan, uh, for me. But at the same time, I get it. It's a slow burn as hell. It's a little too repetitive. I would have liked maybe a little bit more. This movie, like of all the films we had to talk about that had lots of metaphorical imagery and lots of visual craziness, this could have used more of both. To to, yeah. to save it, yeah. that's the thing. Is I like agree. this is one. It had stuff in there that I like, and there's definitely some competency in the directing and in the acting. Like things, but like it really just comes down to like the pacing and repetitive nature of the plot of this movie, and it's not finding more interesting ways to get through these story beats because it was driving me crazy. It, it at the 50 minute mark or so, I was like. I fucking get it. Like, I know what's going to happen. Right. The moment a new woman comes in, it's like, I got to watch this play out again. Like, yeah. I just saw it happen two times Those exactly are, like yeah, this. I and it's, it's it drains on you. But, like, again, like, a scene will happen that's, like, it's really well shot, really well directed. It's exciting. and Really well way. acted. Yeah, yeah. And all that's in there. But the it's just, like... performances were amazing. I just yeah. saw it two other times. Like, it play, so it's just like, oh, like... It's it really lost its steam for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's just a misogynistic natural born killers. Story. Yeah, no, that that's I totally agree with that. <laughs> and I also think it's a it's a character study of two characters that never change throughout that's, the movie. Yeah. So we just spend time with two really ugly characters for like an hour and a half or two hours, and then nothing resolves itself. Right. And I'm not sure why I was there for it, you know? So I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help that we don't know from the beginning. I mean, we kind of know that Gloria is a piece of shit right from the beginning. Right. So it's not like she's, like, victimizing the corrupted. Like, the guy just seduced the wrong desperate psychopath, right. honestly. Like, because, like, the moment she's into him, she's, like, takes her kid to someone and she's like, take this kid off my hands, I'm out of here. And, like, just bells. I, like, I, it's not like she was... I like the idea, though, and I, I don't think this is a misogynist movie at all. Oh, yeah. I think quite the opposite, actually. I think there's a movie about a woman who's being victimized who ends up victimizing the victimizer, who, like, turns it around and becomes completely and utterly the alpha in their relationship, Uh, who dominates him, and where he's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I know I don't want to, but I am so, like, yes, ma'am. Like, she takes control of a victimized relationship. I would agree if he was the one... If he was the one she'd been victimized in the first place by, like, that would make sense to me. But it's painting her as, like, this sort of overly emotional, absolutely crazily jealous, can't handle anything through this whole thing, and then he bows to her. It feels like it's written by, like, someone that's been badgered by a woman, and he thinks women are like this. And see, that's why I thought it was a little bit misogynistic, was because uh, uh, 
you know, if you look at natural born killers, for example, Mickey and Mallory are equals. Yeah. You know, they both exactly. have. Not through the whole film. Well, they're at, at one point when the, you know, they have like a, their little disagreement, it's, you know, sh- he's fucking another, a hostage and she's fucked some other guy and shoots him and the As top retaliation. of the car. Is, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I feel like they're more on equal footing. Whereas this, I felt like she was taken in by this seducer but, yeah, she did turn into this psycho crazy bitch, but that doesn't make her, like, an, on equal footing just because she's psychotic. Yeah, like, like she she's turned just, into a psycho crazy bitch that's in love with him. Because, yeah. And that's, that feels like it's uneven footing. Yeah, but see, but even, I mean, I, I but that's real. Like, I mean, that could, it's, it could be real life. I mean, it's not, like, real of all women. But it's real of this character. But it felt and, real for the naturalistic. Yeah, d- just because it doesn't mesh politically, like, you know, it, it doesn't mean that it's false for this character to be. Yeah, I thought that balance of those two things made it that much more yeah. real. It didn't feel like it had an agenda yeah. to do anything, but at the same time, it didn't feel misogynist. Yeah. I mean, it and even like, if it is, like, by nature, like, a man, like, the misogynist view of a man seducing women, like, yeah, like that happens in real life, and it's a portrayal of this as, you know, it's a portrayal of that, and it's not really commenting one way or the other. It's like, this is good, this is bad, it's like, this is, like, a situation. It's, yeah. like, it didn't, movie didn't really feel like it had any messaging to say when it comes to that idea. Like, imagine is this, like, a version of Bonnie and Clyde, I and I'm not you. sure what really happened with Bonnie and Clyde, I don't think anyone is, but where, first starts with Bonnie, like, oh, God, you're so cool, I love you so much, and they're just robbing banks, and then slowly over time, she's one, the one who starts going, no, bitch, what's wrong with you, you pussy, murder that guy. If you watch that film, you go like, yeah, she got seduced by him because she's so in love. She wanted to do anything possible to please him, but eventually she took the power. And this is the same thing. She's the one who takes the power eventually. She takes the power away from him, even though she's a, she was a seriously damaged character. It's, it's I don't think it's, I don't think she's a weak female character by being severely but damaged. My, yeah, and my point is like in real life, there are, weak female characters. Like, it happens to people all the time. And if a movie portrays that, the movie isn't necessarily being misogynistic. It's just portraying a misogynistic situation. Like, it doesn't have to take the position of, like, you know, like, like, there there are situations in real life right now where they're, like, that situation, like, someone's a power dynamic, there's a man and a woman and they're in a misogynistic relationship and she's completely controlled by him and that sucks. If there was a movie made about that and it was showing this and this, it was a character study of this showing this situation, you wouldn't really call that movie misogynistic. It's just portraying misogyny. But ultimately, it's his actions that drive her down that road. Sure, but she, but she drives him towards past cons to murder. So she's the one who makes him become a question? serial killer. Yeah. All right. Of the two characters we've got, we all acknowledge they're both bad characters. They're both yeah. fucked up. They're yeah. hard. Who is the more sympathetic as presented by the film? Neither one. I, I find well, no sympathy I, with I feel either. in the beginning of the film, she is. By the end of the film, he is. And that's... So that's kind of my problem with it, is that by the end of the film, he's presented as a sympathetic character. That's how I felt, too. Because yeah. I felt I like... does say the child, so the movie is siding with him as like... Oh, some yeah, morality yeah. Except he ends up not saving the child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, he ends I mean, up giving he in. He tries, but, I mean, I feel like it, at the end, you know, he he has the redemption, you know. Which I don't think he deserved. Do, and, you, do you remember the first time that you and Carlos went out and murdered a, another couple? <laughs> I mean, who who was the one whose idea was, but, but right? even It but was even, yours, right? But even yes, then, again, I told like... told you that we're never supposed to talk about this. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it what, out. Don't worry about it. This will all be edited yeah, out. Yeah. You, you're going to edit this out, right? Well, yeah, I don't want you to go to jail for all of those and murders. And obviously... <laughs> Maybe mean, one or two but of them. I mean, the of pictures you showed me alone were like... <laughs> How I'm am I supposed to record DOD in jail? <laughs> I don't think they're going to let me record. Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm not going to include this in the recording. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, as far as the sympathies with this, guy, <laughs> this man go, like, I think it's completely possible to be like a misogynistic piece of shit and also not be a murderer. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, when she levels up to murder and like the sympathy shifts, like, it's still like, yeah, he's like, but he's not down with this murder necessarily. It doesn't really 
change the fact like that he's a piece of shit. I don't think the movie ever gives him a redemptive arc. It's just like he's a piece of shit that isn't ready to be a murderer. Like that's completely feasible and real to me. Like, yeah. It didn't feel like the movie's really. I kind of like. I didn't find it problematic in any way. I, I, thought, uh, yeah. I didn't find this movie very good or interesting, yeah. but I didn't find it problematic either. I thought it was. Fine. I like the yeah. idea. Here's this guy's a total piece of shit who, because of his own actions, has created a monster who's bigger than him. Now, that's a really good view of it. I totally agree with that as a possibility. So I felt like it was very frustrating when I first watched it, but I thought about it later. And again, it's possible, yeah, this is just a terrible, tragic trajectory for both of these characters. Right. But also, I don't know why you'd want to watch it. Luckily, yeah. <laughs> Luckily the movie is a repetitive snore. Uh, look up the two kills on YouTube. Compared and, to yeah. the rest of the movies, like, I think our next one, Evolution, Jesus. Evolution? I You know what? I was watching this going, I bet you Nick is going to be the one guy of our whole crew who's going to be like, <laughs> you know, this is my kind of movie. I watched it, and I was thinking the exact same thing. I bet you it leaves everyone cold, but I am all about it. <laughs> I was not totally left cold. By this. Oh, wait, yeah. Body count on all of you was, I think, three. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, three three had, ladies. No, I, or, well, the kid off screen. In real life, oh, it's the 20. Was the kid off screen killed? I don't, I thought the kid. The yeah, kid dies. Okay, so four. Yeah. Four. Two with penises involved, two without. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she I, literally takes. <laughs> the first kill made me laugh because she stuck at that guy's she, dick, and I think like, they even on the throat. And she and comes in, she the- she grabs him by the throat and yanks him off the penis. And I swear, I heard like a. Like, okay, <laughs> I swear, I rewound it to hear the sound. I, I thought I heard like a little. Like she like yanked it right out of their mouth, I, just like a champagne cork. I I laughed really hard at that. Actually, this movie's pretty good. You should watch it. <laughs> that scene alone. What? That's a funny scene. Yeah, like, totally I flip on it. Die. That scene alone makes just it worth thinking it. about the dick pop. Is well, the it's one just that like this, sells you? the idea of taking somebody's throat, you get, you get, and pulling them off a dick, and like, whoop, nine, <laughs> nine fatal dick the pops thing, out of ten. The yeah. thing that bothered me the most about this fucking movie was like, how many old ladies is this dude gonna fuck? Like, seriously, and the foot fetish shit is gross as hell, y'all. Yeah, but you like Quentin Tarantino movies, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I don't mind a foot fetish. I mean, I'm not a foot guy, but, like, it doesn't gross me out like it does. Dude, like, uh, like, half the films of the world are boob fetish movies or yeah. ass fetish well, movies. And I'm awesome. like, I think we've got another uh, foot fetish movie in this list. I think yeah, we do. <laughs> but, all right, okay. so Evolution. 2015, French horror film. Uh, Another fucking French horror film. Oh, is it is it French? The country? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, well, actually, the last one was Belgian. Oh, oh which are French speaking? Which to is be fair. also, but, you know, French. Which one? Uh, which was nominated for six Magritte Awards, which only is on their eighth year of uh, of uh, having an award ceremony at all. But they're the Academy Awards of Belgium. Can you pronounce that director's name? Go ahead, Chris. Of, I- of uh, Evolution. It's Lucille. <laughs> I'm gonna, Just I'm gonna ignore consonants. There's literally accent marks on here I've never seen before. <laughs> like, what is that? That's like a poop emoji, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have it in my book, my murder book, as Lucille something or other. Howlovic. Hal- My understanding is she is the wife of Gaspar Noe. No, who did uh, she's a, 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 a person who is, I don't know if they're married, but they've worked together for quite some time on things. Um, she I thought I read started her. as the editor on their short films. Yeah. She formed a production company with them and she co-wrote Enter the Void. Oh. Okay. So Which she closely like. has worked with Gaspar now. What's our synopsis? Nick? Well, so this one's one of the harder synopses I've ever had to I bet. come up with because you almost have to describe <laughs> the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. I just I just glance over at Nick's notes and the first line of the synopsis is this Can't one stop. ellipses. Man, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I wrote. <laughs> nice. Uh, Alright, so we've got this little boy, Nicholas, that lives on like a seashore village, and we find him out swimming in the deeps at first, and he discovers uh, another young boy, his own age, dead under the water with a red starfish on his belly. And he comes back up, he goes home, he tells his mother about it, and she's dismissive at first. And the next day, she decides to go and check it out. And she dives down, because apparently she's a wonderful swimmer, like everyone is 
to a level of immediate mystery. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And she comes back with a starfish that he described, (laughs) but says there's no boy there and there's never a boy. So this, this is the start of a mystery. It builds a little bit when we find out that this whole village is full of only young boys and adult women's. Adult women, sorry. Women's be swimming. With the Z. Damn women's. <laughs> adult women's, yo. What are you going to do? <laughs> W-Y-M-E-N-Z's. <laughs> and they're paired one-to-one. And, and things just get weirder from here. At one point, uh, Nicholas is in the hospital. He's apparently sick because he's in a very fragile stage of his life. So he has to drink this ink light medicine and like yeah. this purple stuff. Purple worm soup. No, no. Kind of the, thing. The, well, the medicine is purple. Yeah. The stuff he eats every day is also purple. Is is disgusting. Yeah. Like gray and purple and black. It's like, like they're eating some kind of like seaweed sludge. They, yeah, it looks like like spaghetti that you found on the shelf of the guy from that point in seven who was a glutton, uh, yeah. you know, that's yeah. been sitting there for three weeks and has grown mold all over it, you know? Are we ordering food? That's totally what's happening. Yeah. And then he goes, to, and then at some point he goes to the hospital. Right, so kind he's got to stay overnight. He gets an injection in his stomach, which is then monitored by an ultrasound. Which you go, wait, what? Exactly. So this is, that was maybe my third, like, sort of what the fuck moment already, you know? And the ultrasound thing, sure enough, a little bit later, we see a scene in which a different, probably kid, with a distended belly is undergoing what seems to be a cesarean section. Yeah. And we're like, wait, what the fuck? The whole movie continues this way yeah. for me. It's just a it series. Was, from the, the whole thing is a mystery. And that is a mystery. Like, oh, I wonder who did this thing. It's like a mystery of like, what the fuck am I watching here? So, <laughs> it feels like Artie, like, like really ambiently art. Like, like if Enya and Cronenberg were one person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could take that description. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah I feel like that's And I also so, feel like that's a compliment. So, <laughs> this is my summary. Coast, water, dead fish, more ocean, people walking, sky shots, more walking, and then the oral sex. Because they have an orgy at oh, one yeah. point. Kind, all the it's more, kind of an orgy, mothers. but it's also... They're passing I, around something between them. I don't know. It's unclear. So, so the idea is like, like, all right, so this is my context. Yeah. They're fucking mermaids. Or some shit like mermaids. Maybe they're sirens. Maybe they're Cthulhu creatures. Because they made a point of getting all women who had kind of oddly shaped faces. And their eyebrows were all bleached. All their eyebrows were bleached. Apparently the director tried to get them to shave their eyebrows. And they were like, go fuck yourself. Because famously, it's kind of difficult to grow back eyebrows, apparently. So uh, they were like, no, we're not doing that. Um but they're all odd looking, and you're and like, similar. And, 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 yeah, and it's not to say that they're odd, like they're weird, unattractive. Like, yeah, they're just odd looking. They they're all, attractive to this, but, it's but like, they all something's off. They all are kind of similar looking, yeah. too. And it's you're hard like, to tell them apart. I had a hard yeah. time telling yeah. well, them. You're supposed to. The mother with Stella, the you know Stella's the savior. I don't know. And it's following this young kid who's who's like, oh, it's his mother. Except even he knows it's not really his mother. He's the first person to say it out loud. Yeah, he says, "You're not my mom." And then a little bit later, another kid says, "You know, my mom's not my mom either." Right. And and those are the only two people that talked about it. But we're given to understand that all these boys are with people that are not. Their mother. Wait, yeah. this is an and odd, they've been so gaslighted. There's, it's an there's, odd world. There's going no on. adult men, and there's no young women. No teenagers. No yeah. young women. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's kind of like uh, there's no even age difference. Right? It's like the like, women are almost all the same age, and the boys, boys are almost the all women the same are all age. like twenty to thirty. It right. looks like, uh, and the boys are all. And the movie doesn't explain anything. Yeah. Like, so you have no idea. So they go to the hospital. They are getting injections. I think that they're trying to propagate more boys. 
They're I looking mean, for I, something. That's never so clear. My guess here. Well, there's little fetus boys that. Yeah, yeah we see later, but we don't know they're boys. We just see little weird fetus, fetus creatures. creatures. Yeah. We have no idea. Maybe the new mermaids. Yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah. Is like the that's only way they well. can make it and is new mermaids. But apparently, the bulk of the time. The process kills the little boys. Yeah, it kills the boys, like and so they don't. Children. Yeah, they don't live, yeah. and they're definitely abducting children because the whole premise is is that our hero Nicholas he draws pictures, and he draws pictures of things that aren't on this, aren't island. On this yeah. island. He's definitely right. not born and raised here. He has yeah. memories. Of so we else. know that he was kidnapped, and he remembers his real mom. And then he helps other kids remember their real moms. And we also find out that uh, the one doctor or nurse or whatever she is that Stella. is is sympathetic to him Stella. also but, doesn't recognize those things. Yeah, because she, she's she, like, she doesn't know what a Ferris wheel yeah, is. Yeah, she's like, what, she doesn't know. what is a Ferris wheel? Well, I mean, yeah, she she's another one of these things, but she right. feels like she's a younger one. I just had a like a thought of her like singing that song from Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> what are these? Like, what do you call what, them? What, what's this? Legs? What's what, no. <laughs> the, the, uh, the Harbin John? No, they were going off on that. It was like, so she I doesn't know, know what streets are, but she knows what this other thing is. It's like, it's so <laughs> arbitrary. <laughs> so, um, well, how would you know this and not that? Hopper. Thank you, Carlos. Uh, so I liked the element once I this film. This movie so much. Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> once the film started going along and getting to the relationship between this young boy and this nurse, which is really off-putting and uncomfortable, oh, yeah. even to the point where it's weirdly it's sexual. Uh-huh. Like, uh, yeah, but she's a fish. Yeah, she's a fish, <laughs> and maybe. <amazing. laughs> His real mom, like I mean, we got an image at the yeah. end where she's got the curly red hair that Maybe. he drew. Maybe reminds. That's definitely. I, think he's like, well, she's I, his I, the, I, I thought, thought that he was drawing her specifically. I thought, yeah, I was like, she's my favorite. Is what yeah. I thought. But I'm she pretty, like obviously feels something for him when she sees these drawings, and the, and she's the one who ends up choosing to save him. Yeah, helps him escape. Yeah, and I found that element of it really interesting. But this is a film I'm like, I needed slightly more answers mm. than what you were willing to but give me. It here. doesn't explain anything. And how many people died, Alan? I, I think two. I think two, I think two, 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 two kids. Boys. Yeah. Uh, but two kids that have added to like four And then we only see the first one because <laughs> honestly, it's just like a floating body. I, honestly, I, well, that would be three. If it was, oh, yeah, I didn't know. count the kid at the beginning because it was off screen. Before, okay. yeah, it was like pre-movie death, <laughs> so maybe three. But uh, nobody I, dies on screen. Yeah, well, no, yeah. It's wait, no. was there one who dies? One, I think one of those kids. It's like no, he's about to die. Yeah, like he's oh, he dying. never comes back. He gets he's an dying, and then, count, and then, then they say he's one. cured. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there are two two little dead boys. I will say this is honestly. My favorite or second favorite movie of the batches we watched. This is absolutely my favorite. It is super slow. And honestly, watching it, watching it in this lineup of eight movies where I had to watch all these movies, I was sort of dying about how slow it was paced and how I just need to get through this movie. We got this podcast coming up this Sunday. I got to watch this. So it was like, I was watching it under strained. Like I was like, I'm annoyed how slow this is, but I was still also enjoying it. Like if it played, Film festival, or if I just happened to click it on did. it, it did. It played Fantastic Fest. Oh, I missed. Oh, I, I missed where Netflix. But see, like if I yeah, right? if I saw it there, I'd be like, you know, that's like good. And it was a change of people, pace from all these other were raving insane about it at, at Fantastic yeah, Fest. That makes sense. I didn't see it. It's um. I thought it's just really, really good. I, I mean, it's it, slow it's, as hell, but it's, it's at good. Least yeah, forty minutes of watching water. So, <laughs> well, even that though, like the cinematography and. Amongst our whole batch, I think this one stands out as some of the best cinematography. Like, some of the most beautiful, artful, like, framing and filming. It's gorgeously shot. Oh, yeah. I will say, like, it's a lot of our movies are trying to be artful and, like, very beautiful, and a lot of them aren't. And but this they one, think they are, and this one is. Which is nice, correctly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's very well, the cinematography, the lighting, everything, like, the, the craft of this movie is on point. And like, the you, pacing might not be your... Thing, so but the craft boring. is well done. Yeah. So fucking And the boring. starfish imagery, too. <laughs> the way that's reused over and over again, and, like, the idea that a starfish, when its arm is cut off, like, that arm turns into another starfish, and it's propagated that way, feels like it relates to this. 
But that imagery goes all over the place. We start with the first red starfish. We've got the operating room lights that when they flash out, Looks like leave you an afterimage yeah. of a starfish. Mm-hmm. The orgy scene, all the women are arranged a star like a starfish. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just every bit of this is thoughtful. It's confusing. I, I don't thoughtful. disagree with you. I think that everything in here is very well thought out. I think everything comes together, and I still think it's a boring movie. <laughs> boring. I was enraptured. I, I, I found myself... I really wanted to like this movie, because I remember everyone raving about it at, at the festival, and I was like, damn it, I missed it. So I was like, yeah, I was all set up. I was like, "Put the fu- turn the phone off, get it away from me, I'm going to just watch this fucking movie, I'm excited. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes, movie, let's move this along. I was, I literally looked at Shot Lewis and I was like, I've been staring at fucking water for 15 minutes. <laughs> Maybe y'all should get a fish tank. <laughs> I didn't want to be staring at You know what, this, I kind of think both can be true. I think this movie yeah. is really good and really boring. I don't. Disagree. You know, like I, I, that's I, a I can't. Assessment. I can't. That's reasonable. I can't tell you that this movie isn't boring. Like, even though I really, really like that a lot, I can't be like, oh no. You know, if you pay attention to this, there's so much. Going. Like, no, it's slow as hell and it's boring. <laughs> but it's also pretty good. It's I don't like, know. It's yeah. like they're gonna like celebrate this movie, the Evolution Movie Parade, where everyone is just dour and walks straight down the street. It's a parade, but it's really nothing happens. Or they think it's, or they think it's about that like 1998 movie with like. Smiley face on the cover. Yeah, David right. Duchovny, no, Julia Moore. Yeah. I'd rather watch this. What if What if I watch that and that's what I was talking about? What are you talking about? I actually Duchovny need to was make amazing. a David Duchovny evolution joke. Damn it. Like, oh, I watched the wrong movie. Damn it. I, no, I blew it now. Anybody else have anything they want to add about no. this movie? Not really. Those little weirdo fetus things that were sucking on that boy's... Stomach, that was creepy as shit. I'll just put that, that out gross. there. So that was that yes. moment where it got specifically grunted. I was like, yeah. I was like, that's upsetting. But I was like, what does it mean? Yeah. Give me the, more. That's the thing is, I, I wonder if like... Oh, actually... Oh, I don't know what... I have no idea what it... That's the thing. I don't know what it means. And I was wondering... So, I, I, I do have some ideas. It took me like... Patience, do you want to go first? No, you go. So it took me a couple days of thinking about it to sort of figure out what I think it's getting at. And there's... There's a couple of metaphorical things going on here, I think. And women are fishy bitches. <laughs> I think that's it's, it. it's uh, that's it. That's the whole it's thing. a reversal of bodily autonomy as we're used to understanding it, in which like men dictate what women can do with their bodies. And so in this case it's it's women dictating okay. what young boys can do with their bodies. They're not concerned with the lives of the young boys, but with what they produce. Yeah. And that, yeah, that, I mean, the, the whole, like, abortion to, like, first forced birth thing, yeah. like, Handmaiden's Tale style, like, that yeah. was the immediate thing. And I got, like, the general sense of what they're saying about that. It's like, this is bad. Um, past that, I don't know. Do you have more, like, seeing... Because, like, and I think even as just a pure allegorical thing for that, it's very beautiful and cool. I think it's important to remember this was made by a female filmmaker. Right. Who obviously had different ideas in mind than a male filmmaker might have. Who wrote and I, it as well. And I think that's why the gender reversal as far as, like, the power roles is important. Like, I think she's potentially trying to tell us, like... How would it feel if you were this boy? You know, us as men. No, it's a deeply uncomfortable thing as a man. The idea of like, like boys giving birth, men giving, being forced to give birth, and not even just men being forced to give birth. It's little boys. It's super creepy as a dude, Uh, and you're like, okay, that resonate resonated with me. And I just wish there wasn't so much footage of the sea crashing on the yeah, shore. I was like, come on, let's go. And, and one more, like, farther bit of the metaphor is just, like, the, the whole gaslighting of it, right? Like, all of these boys know that their mothers are not their mothers. But they're all convinced that they're sick because they've been told by everybody. And only two of them acknowledge the actual truth. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a gaslighting situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But again, sort of gender-reversed as... And I, I mean, for me, like, I, you know, I just didn't feel, I mean, that there was a lot of female empowerment in this movie, like, as opposed to some of our other movies that we're going to talk about in other episodes, because this is a very feminist-centric 
group of episodes somehow. <laughs> there are uh, some just, exceptions. Um, well, yeah, one. Which aren't anti-feminist, two. but yeah. like, they're just not. But I just, I, I mean, for me, it was, it was still centered on the boys. It, it, I didn't get any sort of empowerment feelings from this. It just felt like weird and boring and Do you want to inject me with your fish children? Because I'll let you write <laughs> I am out. not going to inject you with your fish children. I might inject Courtney with her but no, it only works in little boys. <laughs> You're not little a little boy. boy. Oh, I'm so tiny. <laughs> to wrap it up, great double feature with Junior. Go check it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap up this episode of Deliberations of Doom. The second episode, we have more movies coming up, more questions, including one of the funniest questions we've ever gotten. I I pre- oh, I cannot wait. I really can wait. Because um, <laughs> it involves me dying. Uh, I, Don't worry, from, Chris. I got a good plan for you. I okay. thanks. Uh, but in the meantime, what do we say? Uh, just keep screaming. Just keep, just screaming. keep screaming. Just keep screaming. It's like screaming. <laughs> screaming. I don't know what just happened. It's a fine. <laughs> <laughs>